Hey, Philo community, it is time for the Philo Podcast, episode 14. It's upon us. For those of you who are new to the Philo Podcast, our goal is to help technical artists in the local church to become more effective so that our churches can become more effective. Basically, Philo Conference every third week, all the time, not just two days in May. Anyway, before we get too far into the episode today, I just wanted to apologize for the last episode where I said that summer was over. Yeah, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean to offend anyone, Dave, or anyone else who was offended, or to cause anyone to despair. Still summer. Don't worry. It's not over yet. Still August. It's the end of August, but hey, you know. Okay, so hopefully everybody's rested up, had a great summer, still having a great summer. Uh, But in the meantime, you're sort of getting ready for the next ministry season. Our family, we haven't done a ton this summer. We've been kind of homebodies, hanging out at home. But one thing I keep thinking about is uh, I went to a reunion of a traveling singing group I was a part of my junior year and senior year in high school. And this singing group, was you had to audition to be a part of it. And a couple of friends and I thought it would be fun to try out for the group just so we could miss school, you know, to have an excuse to miss school. And well, I was the only one who made it in of uh, the three of us. And interestingly, along the way, this group of three of us, we were getting into quite a bit of trouble. And since it was a Christian school, much of that behavior that summer was against the rules. So I was basically grounded my junior year. People found out uh, I was grounded. And uh, yeah, the only thing I was allowed to do besides school was to go to rehearsals and the performances of this particular group. And you know what? It really saved my life. The people who were involved in this were really, they were walking with Christ and encouraging me to do the same. And one of the other great things about this group was this is when I really started to love audio and mixing. Everybody had to help with setup and tear down of the equipment. And so I sort of jumped in and yeah, I loved it. And the director of the group really invested in me and helped me develop as a musician and as a technical artist. And that singing group became a part of the foundation of Kensington Community Church, which I ended up becoming the TD for when I graduated from college. Being with these people again at the reunion this summer, you know, it reminded me of the impact that a mentor can have on someone's life. Uh, the investment that was made in me during those years helped to change the trajectory of my life. I mean, the things that I love today, uh, I loved back then. I mean, the, I could see, I could draw a line between where I am today and those those times as a junior in high school and, uh, you know, when my life as a technical artist really began. And for those of us who have students working with us in our ministries in the the production team or the technical team or media team or whatever you call it, I would just say, don't forget the impact you can have on those kids, uh, not only as technical artists, but what it means to be a Christ follower. And uh, we are more than just tech people. We're disciplers. We're mentors. And really, the kingdom of God will not be the same because of the people that you're investing in. Um, I know as high school kids, they can seem kind of squirrely and not paying attention, but it really does make a difference. So I would just encourage you, keep it up. Okay, uh, now onto our episode. I told you the last time that it was going to be a special one, and it is. I'm not going to do a ton of introduction. We're just going to kind of jump into this. And so I would just suggest tune in real carefully. And you can turn your podcast listening speed down from two times back down to one times. You're going to want to hear all the goodies. So let's get into it. Lee and Jeff and Andrew, welcome to the Philo Podcast. Thanks, Todd. It's great to be here. What's up? Hello. Uh, For those of you who uh, might uh, need to know this, it's Monday morning. And so we're all dragging a little bit from the weekend. So thanks, you guys, for making time. What time is it? What time is it, Todd? Uh, what time is it? Where is the question? Uh, so for Lee, it's oh, what is it? Eight something in the morning. Eight twenty a.m. Eight twenty a.m. We were saying you got little kids, so they're up at five or something yeah. anyway. So I got up at six thirty, but that would have happened no matter what, right? Lee, you're pretty uh, you're pretty perky in the morning, Lee. This is good. It's nice. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Jeff's now on the on the Eastern time zone, so you're uh, yeah, it's almost lunchtime. Right, <laughs> get ready for your <laughs> afternoon nap. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Nice. Well, uh, yeah, I, I thought it would be great. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff that I would love for us to talk about, but maybe to start with, uh, one of the things that I do on the podcast is I was just thinking about who I'm talking to, like the first time that I met the person and thinking about you three, maybe the common 
the common theme is that we've all we all met kind of doing this thing of events for tech people. Um, you know, back in the day, it was Gurus of Tech. Jeff, we yeah. really got connected as Philo kind of got started. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew, I remember you did a you you were on a panel discussion for Gurus of Tech, and we'd never actually met, but right. somehow you ended up at the event and. We met afterwards, uh, yep. you know, in a restaurant. Uh, yeah, so, and Lee, I don't remember exactly, but it had to have been a, a retreat for WFX or one of those things. I'm sure it was, or it was like a, a Harley convention or something. <laughs> right. like, <laughs> Although I would say your name come up uh, came up yesterday. I was talking to my wife. We were hanging out uh, at Willow Creek at in this little patio area, and... Uh, waiting for uh, the service to start. And I said, you know what? The last time I sat here, I was on the phone with Lee Fields in 2014. And uh, I was saying, yeah, I I don't know if I'm going to be in my job much longer. And I'm thinking about leaving. uh, And I'm thinking about wanting to start something like Philo. I didn't know it was called that. And you, uh, I think you talked me into it, um, sitting there on the phone. So this is all Lee's fault. It is Lee's fault, yeah. Yeah, so if this doesn't work out for you, Todd, we know exactly who to blame. Yeah, uh, fourth guy in the mix you uh, thing. I will i don't know what I can mix on, a, like a Mackie 1402 or something, but uh, yeah, you guys will let me in. That's awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Very yeah. cool. Anyway, yeah, so my wife, yeah, she, I don't think she knew that story, but uh, anyway, yeah, it was kind of a cool moment yesterday. Anyway, uh, speaking of how things started, I would love to just, if you guys could maybe talk a little bit about uh, how you got together to do Mix You. I mean, why the three of you? Why Mix You? Yeah, just kind of maybe a little bit of the story. Oh, gosh. Who should tell this part? (laughs) Jeff, go ahead. Start it. Well, the three of us, it's funny you mentioned these conferences that we've all been a part of. Um, The three of us were actually asked to be a part of a panel discussion at Infocom, and it was uh, summer of 2015, and the, uh, it was the three of us talking about just how we approach what we do. And so I remember distinctly the, the moderator at the time said, okay, Jeff, what's the first thing you do when you walk up to a console? And I thought, well, that's really hard to talk about when there's no console sitting here, no band on stage, no PA, you know, it's just this sort of random theoretical conversation about kind of stuff that we couldn't demonstrate. And we were just, we got through it and it was fine, but we were all frustrated. So we went to dinner that night and the three of us are sitting there thinking, you know, that this was just okay, but it wasn't any different than, I mean, it wasn't inspiring for the attendees and it wasn't, it wasn't really any great information. It was just sort of, we told a few stories and it was not that great. So Lee, I think, said, you know, the problem is that the three of us don't really have a way to really learn from each other because we're either on tour or doing events at church or at different conferences. Wouldn't it be great if we could actually set up consoles, play back tracks for each other in a room and just ask questions? Oh, why'd you do that with your vocals? How are you handling effects? What are you doing with, um, you know, how you, how you approach drums or whatever the the aspect was in a mix. So we thought, well, that we should actually do that. We should get some gear from manufacturers that we know and go just set, set up in a warehouse and do that. And then we thought, you know what? I bet other people would want to eavesdrop on that conversation. Right, right. So what if we just tried it? So January 2016, we had our first live event. Uh, Saddleback was gracious enough to let us kind of use a room at their place. And we said, if we could get people to come and show up for this thing, we might be onto something. So that first year, sure enough, we had we had 100 people show up to listen to us talk about mixing. And since then, we've done, what, guys, 12 or 13 other yeah, live whoa. events. Um, so four or five events a year over the last two and a half years. And the response has been really, really great. I think there's a... There's definitely a hunger for guys to really be a part of that conversation and not only hear about kind of the best practices and how we do what we do, but kind of the why behind the what. And that's 
kind of what makes it a little distinctive, I think. I, th- I think the unique thing about just the whole deal is the is the banter. So we try <laughs> to make sure that when the three of us are doing this event, that it doesn't become this educational training, stand up and look at our PowerPoint presentation and all that kind of crap. Because we're just, that is not our, none of us are good at that. That's not our thing. So the same way we would be talking around that table in that restaurant that night after Infocom is what we're trying to do. So just, just going to the event and the way we set up, we set up where we're staring at each other. So we're not really uh, putting this forth to all the attendees. It really does feel like they're getting to watch us uh, figure this stuff out because it is, that is the deal. I mean, I've stolen way, (laughs) way too many things from these two guys and it's made me better. And I think they would say the same thing. Totally. So it gives a unique spin to the people that come there because that's, that's not normal. That's not a, we call it a non-conference because most conferences you're sitting in a seat watching what's going on on stage, that kind of thing. So. And with PowerPoint, Andrew wouldn't be able to exercise his gift of public shaming, oh, which absolutely. Is really, it's really important for him to be able to do that. So um, I get to be the brunt of all the jokes. Um, and, and, and Jeff plays day. into that very well. He, you yeah. Know, yeah. he handles it well. It's good. <laughs> I don't know. I've heard, I've heard jokes uh, aimed at Lee a couple times. Uh, so, <laughs> Well, I'm the young one. Right. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so it's easy pickings. <laughs> young guy from the South. You know, it's just I'm teeing them up. Yeah, it just, that's right. It just rolls. I mean, it just, it, <laughs> the dialogue just presents itself as fast as you can speak it. And I'm not yeah. even that young. You know, I'm 34. You guys are just old. That's 34. Really- <laughs> oh my gosh. We are so old. That is young. <laughs> right now, of the four of us that are here, how many of us have bifocals on? Mine are progressive. Yeah, mine are too. <laughs> <laughs> well, same thing. What's a bifocal? Yeah, he's the only one without glasses. That's good. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, we we were just saying earlier before we hit record. My oldest son is 22 today, so I'm like, what is happening? Bro. That's not possible. How am I that old? <laughs> my yeah. dad is 54. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> Man, son. Uh, yeah, let's. Uh, yeah, stop the conversation yeah, stop, right stop now. Stop right yeah. there because I'm yeah. way closer to your dad's age than I am yours. <laughs> uh, that's that's gonna oh stick with goodness. me for the rest of the day. Yeah. <laughs> what a but way think, to start a Monday. Yeah, exactly. But I think one one of the great things about the Makes You um, events is that we we didn't walk into this with any sort of strategic plan or business idea. It was just, hey, I think there's probably a lot of guys out there who would like to be a part of this conversation. And so we approached it completely open-handedly with no real agenda other than, hey, what can we do to help each other get better at what we do. And let's just see if anybody else would want to listen to that conversation. And so part of the success of MixU has been completely surprising to us because we thought maybe we'll do this once and if people show up, great. If not, we'll we'll at least have a good conversation with each other and go out for a great meal afterwards. So um, just how it's taken off with the podcast and now other initiatives that we're trying to put forward. It's just, it's been a huge blessing and we're just, we're grateful for everybody's support, but it was unplanned for sure. I've I've been continually surprised at how great the need is for what we're trying to do. One of the things we, we try to, I don't know, for me, it's a way to kind of keep us grounded about just what Jeff said about why we even started this and almost every event or or initiative that we do, when we get to the end of it, we'll kind of ask ourselves the question, the three of us, is that something you would have attended? Is that something you would have listened to? Is that podcast something that would have meant something to you? And the answer is always, yeah. Like if we weren't running it, would you have attended and watched and listened? And would that, would that have been something cool? And I think that's, for me, that's a real humbling thing. Every time we do something, just to remember why we started this, and because we are part of the tribe that we're talking to, like, it's not like 
you know, it's not like we've transcended to some other level. Right. <laughs> so so yeah. it, it makes a lot of sense that this stays pertinent to why we all got into this in the first place. And would you say, uh, so one of the things uh, that I love about MixU is that you guys are all practitioners of what you're talking about. You're not just, uh, you're not a manufacturer trying to sell something. You're not trying to brag about, you know, how this console is better than that console or whatever, but you're really, this is what I do on the weekend. This is how I use this tool, which I think is so great. But for most of you also, it's, you're at fairly large churches. You're, you have pretty great resources to be able to do what you do. So how have you, I know you've worked on this a little bit, but, you know, maybe explain how you sort of make it relevant to people who are, you know, not at Bayside or not at Church on the Move. Yeah, it's kind of a big deal uh, because so many people use that uh, as a reason to live in their own, uh, to not transcend their own level. Right. Well, I don't have that budget. I don't have that cool console. So therefore I can't do what you do. And that is, that is a something that we kind of had to start addressing. What guys, a few, a few events in, we're like, okay, let's dumb some of this down as far as we can figure out how to do it. Right. To just prove the point that, um, it is absolutely, uh, not, not based on the gear that you have. It's based on your skill set, your talent, your, your ability, all right. of that. And that's a big deal. And that that has to be something we address all the time. Um, even as far as just practically, let's, yeah, we might be sitting there doing a mix on a $100,000 console. Fine. But can we move to the side and do one, uh, a mix that's really great on a $1,500 console? Right. Those are practical ideas that are like, yeah, we'll we'll try it. And we'll do it. And we do. And that's what we do every time. And uh, I think it really helps the understanding of the people that are listening, watching part of this with us to go, okay, we're starting to get it. We're starting to get it. that It's more than just uh, gear, gear, gear. Right. I did an event. uh, This goes back maybe 10 years. And I was talking about the how the relationship between the stage and the and the booth is something that we all need to work on and it was very relational that particular breakout session and i had some somebody came up to me a group of people that came together and said hey you know this isn't really pertinent to us like we don't we're not at a big church none of this is really hitting uh, where we are you know we're a portable church so none of this really matters to us i'm like oh okay I'm um, sorry to hear that, uh, but but we do have a question. They said, "Yeah, so um, what what do you think about like electronic drums versus real drums?" I'm like, "Okay, uh, what's well, what are we trying to solve?" And they're like, "Well, the drummer plays too loud." Okay, <laughs> have you have you talked to the drummer? Well, no. Okay, well, that's what we've been talking about this whole yeah. time. Maybe ask him not to play so Where loud. Where have you been? Yeah, right. It doesn't matter how big your church is. Like uh, being able to talk to the drummer about, hey, the mix is getting, um, you know, it's I'm having to mix around how loud you're playing. Do you think we could work on that? Yeah, just so fascinating to me. Right. Yeah, they think it's not relational and they don't even know the drummer's name. It's like... Right. What, what? How can you even have a conversation with? It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. I think you know. I think we've tried to make it um, very much gear neutral. Uh, you know, a lot of the concepts yeah. that we talk about aren't important because of the kind of preamp that you have in your console or the kind of microphone that you have or whatever. It's no. A lot of this is just physics. It's like when we talk about even when we talk about the techniques. You know, EQ and compression and mic placement and those kind of things are principles that are just, you know, they apply no matter what piece of equipment you're plugging them into or what knobs you're twisting. So yeah. it, um, you know, I think that's that's part of it. And then having, you know, we're each mixing on two consoles, one of a sort of higher price point, one of a lower price point. So we've got right. every every price point represented. So if somebody comes and they're mixing on an X32 or somebody comes and they're mixing on a, you know, $150,000, $200,000 console, they'll get to see the same things being represented across the spectrum. And 
it helps them realize, oh, wait, I thought that I would instantly get better if I only had X, Y, Z. And it's like, no, I, I can get better no matter what I have. And we try to, I mean, we try to even keep it so neutral that we're not even really, um, I mean, it's, it, unlike most demos or conferences or whatever you would go to, it is not a commercial for any particular piece of gear. Right. And I, th I think that's part of what's refreshing to most people is we're not trying to sell anything. We're not trying to advocate. I mean, these are the tools that we use, but it's way more about the person than it is the, the tool. So, Right. You said you've done 12 of these uh, events, the Mix You Live, and the uh, one in Sweden, I think, uh, one international one thrown in there. Yeah. Anything other than the fact that you're still doing them and they're going really well, is there anything that really surprised you along the way, like questions you get or, um, yeah, I, just curious. I, I know for me, uh, it's, it's amazing, no matter where we go do one of these, what what locale, what church, you know, and some of these are small, some of them are big, whatever. There are a lot of guys and gals showing up that have legitimate questions about mix, but the, but the overall overarching theme from a lot of them is the whole relational side. It yeah. is not even related to gear mixing. Yeah, that's cool. But it's so that's what's unique about the all of the stuff that we're doing. We're using audio, because that's common to all of us, right? To start talking about really just leadership and relations and relational discipleship and all of that. And and I know that's kind of a theme from way back from just gurus of tech, from all of this stuff for years, is it always comes back down to the relationship side. But we see it every single time. We see it in yeah. the questions we get back on the website. We see it in just the questions we in discussion in the room. Um, it comes down to that's a really big deal. Is a lot of these guys, um, and and I'm not. There's no blame here, but I'll put some of that on the leadership at a lot of these churches. Don't recognize that they've got an entire tribe back there that. Um, that are internal and they're not the crazy people that are going to sit on the front row ever. Right. Right. And you know what, that, I think that's a challenge for the leadership and a lot of these, a lot of these situations to figure out how to tackle that. And so when we put an event together or a podcast or something, and we talk on that level, because we're that way, you'll never see me on the front row of anything. Uh, well, maybe the front row of like lining up for an airplane, you know, to board or something like that. But <laughs> Billy Joel at Madison Square Garden. You yeah. never have to worry about me being on the front. <laughs> yeah. Yes, front row. Uh, but it it's a big deal. And I, I think that's something that we can bring out. Uh, you know, we talk about um, we're trying to make better mixers out of these people, but we're we're also trying to inspire people to be better leaders. Yeah. But that isn't always just something that we have to focus on the engineer on. We need to turn it around and talk to the people that are giving them inspiration and leadership too and go, how are you challenging this person? How are you getting to know them? You know, it's a two-way street. That's a that's a big deal we see everywhere we go, doesn't matter where. Yeah. Yeah, we got a comment on Facebook one time, sometime last year, where somebody said, you know, guys, my church hired me as a TD. They didn't hire me as a pastor. And I, man, I just, I bristled right away. And I'm like, you know what, dude, you just don't get it. Because like mm -hmm. it or not, if you're responsible for people, whether it's training two volunteers or recruiting a production team of 150, you are tasked with being a spiritual leader to these guys because if, if we're all called to create environments where people are supposed to experience what God has for them, then part of that is a role of how we carry the relationships and the, the way we're modeling you know, how we interact with each other and how we train each other and how we build each other up. It's, that is a pastoral role. And you, know, you might be a nerdy introvert who only wants to speak gear talk, 
But at the end of the day, if you're responsible for bringing other people along with you, then that is a pastoral role. So that's, that's one of the big things that we try to really inspire people with is it's what you're, what you're doing here is a, about way more than just pushing faders and twisting knobs. And so that's why we resonate so much with Philo and what you're doing, Todd, is because I know we have a common heartbeat around that idea. And yeah. it's just such a big deal that goes completely unnoticed by most leadership um, in churches. Because even, even senior leadership thinks, well, I just need a tech team because we got to right, pull right. this off. It's like, no, man, if they're not on the same page with your vision and where you're trying to lead people, whether it's you know the arc of an emotional moment through a service or a transition or a conference, or if it's how we're you know, moving forward as a whole church with multi-campus strategy or how we're impacting the community or all that. If we're not on the same page at whatever end of the spectrum we are on that, then we're missing, missing the target in a big way. Yeah, I think uh, the light bulb went on for me. So I was at a church in Michigan for, I don't know, 12, 13, 14 years, a long time. Uh, before I came to Willow Creek. And I remember I had a lot of ideas about what tech people needed just for my own team and the people around, you know, the churches around me. And I thought it was kind of isolated to our little space. And then when I started working at Willow Creek, I was like, whoa, well, we got the same issues here. You know, just tech people are, this, this is a generalization, they're the same everywhere. I mean, you've been to Sweden, there, other than not speak, you know, they speak Swedish, not English, but a tech person is, you know, kind of cut out of the same cloth everywhere. Um, even uh, listening to you guys talk, I did uh, some training at Angola Prison in Louisiana with their tech teams uh, at their different uh, chapels. So they're all incarcerated folks that are running sound and uh, running PowerPoint and all that stuff for their worship times. They have the exact same uh, challenges that everybody else has. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, it was just, yeah, it was so surprising to me. I'm like, well, I guess, why not? Why wouldn't we all be kind of the same? What happens when they get in an argument with a drummer? <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though? They're, uh, well, this is, uh, yeah, I would say the passive aggressive is what, you know, they just sit, sit behind the console and do nothing. Uh, yeah, and com- I complain to each good. other. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and in that way, they're like most tech people they just grumble to each other and not yeah. actually do anything about it. Um, so <laughs> yeah, stay to yourself. Don't go to the stage. Right. Just, exactly. Just keep, keep it separate. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. It was such, I, yeah, that was not that many years ago. And I thought, oh my gosh, it's yeah. Same. It's the same everywhere. Unbelievable. Uh, but it's really cool to see what God is doing in in that prison. Uh, just as a side note, you know that people yeah. have the opportunity to you know mix on a you know it was a digital console. It's real simple, but um, yeah, uh, yeah, it was very cool to see see how God was using them in spite of their situation. Hmm. Yeah, so uh, I guess uh, maybe anything in all your travels and the different places you've been is there. Is there any big challenge you see on the horizon for those of us doing technology in the local church? Um, or is it kind of the same thing we've been talking about, that relationship relationships are really the thing to focus on? Um, there's probably two things there. So on the technology side, we're seeing more and more people have questions about broadcast, broadcast mixing, oh, right. uh-huh. video on Facebook. Everybody's streaming now, like even... Like my cousin is a pastor of a church of probably a hundred people in Backwoods, Appalachia, and he's streaming on Facebook. Like it's whoa, this is just wide open to everybody, right? So I think technically that's going to become more and more of a um, a need. Okay, um, yeah. but I'll also say we don't really care about that as much because that that's pretty easy to solve. You know, it's it's this gear and this is how you do it, and it's the internet, and like that's a that's a skill that we can teach. The one thing we've noticed, especially over the summer, I think it's really hit us pretty hard, is the biggest challenge, I think, facing the technical community. It's really everyone, I'd say culture in general, but Mm -hmm. more specifically for technical people who are introverted and keep to themselves and don't like to have difficult conversations, is this idea that we're all carrying things and, you know, things from our past, things from our 
uh, current lives that either aren't healthy or were hiding sin or there's just crazy stuff going on. Like the three of us have had specific conversations with friends and people we've met within the mixed you community that are pretty heavy. But I think they're, it's just what everyone deals with. You know, things from um, young guys in their 20s losing their relationship with their mother who's Muslim, who's mad that he works for a church, um, uh, siblings committing suicide. Mm. Um, you know, it, it just runs the gamut. I mean, sexual addiction, uh, we're talking not just pornography. I think that's a big issue. Mm-hmm. That shouldn't be just brushed aside, but that's probably more rampant than people think about. But even like um, sex addiction as in prostitution, like we're talking about guys on staff at churches. And I think because of the platform we've been entrusted with and we're trying to steward the best we can, a lot of this stuff is coming up. And then now we're trying to figure out, okay, what what's our response to this? And what is our position in leading this for our tribe? And that was a big reason Jeff started Sonnet House a few years ago when he did. And an even bigger reason why we thought, let's just combine forces and pull this in mix you and use this big megaphone we have to try and tackle some of that stuff. I don't know if that's where you wanted to go, but that's... No, that's good. That's where we're at. That's the stuff we're seeing every day, unfortunately. I think it's really interesting for a tech person who's an introvert that likes to sit in the booth and in, a, in the dark and, you know, not be bothered or noticed or, you know, just in the background. Uh, You know, that's how God made a lot of us, uh, but it also doesn't give us a pass on being involved in community and having our, sharing our concerns, our issues, our, uh, you know, to, to, to be in the light with others, to be a part of a community, not just of people that like to sit in the booth and, you know, keep to themselves, but the larger church community um, because that's part of what it's there for, that, you know, for us to live it uh, out in the open and community together. But it's it's the easiest thing for someone to sit and produce an event, believe in it, uh, f- be the funnel that takes all that information and makes it go out and be totally engaged in it uh, as far as the act of producing it and yeah. not get anything from it. It's the easiest thing in the world. How many times have we all stood in the back and did an entire weekend or or maybe a, an amazing conference and left and went, man, technically that was great. We really yeah. did a good job. That was really fantastic. Right. But I couldn't tell you one thing that was spoken from the stage that 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 I took away. And that is this, that is a massive, massive challenge of man, can you can you stand at a console and mix? and have a worship experience? Can you sit there and and watch all these details while your pastor is speaking and actually take something away from it and actually let that minister to you and carry some? Those are, those are that's hard to do. Yeah. And so many of us can, can stand there. Maybe you physically don't have your arms crossed or your hands in your pockets, <laughs> but your posture is set that way in your head. Right. And you've, that's, that's the challenge. And I think, I think when you're not paying attention to that, it's where what Lee was saying, where we start seeing a lot of these other things creep in because you, you end up uh, spectating and you didn't even notice it. Like you ended up like, well, I was watching that service and that was really great, but I wasn't in it or you didn't let yourself be in it. And man, it's a, it's a head game that, I think is the easiest trap to fall into when you're in a ministry job that is technically based or maybe uh, detail oriented where you have a lot of other things that are, that are vying for your time. Um, so it becomes, that becomes a theme with a lot of these relationships and a lot of these people that we're hearing from and talking to is, and how do you avoid that trap I know as we work with teams, um, that's our biggest thing that we talk about with our team. And Lee, I know with your guys out there at Bayside, that is a massive deal because you've got a lot of campuses, a lot of stuff going on. How are they still getting fed to be something bigger than, you know, bigger than just a technical guy? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's the biggest reason why we've started mixed you coaching groups is yep. that these guys are looking for, I mean, if they're honest, if if you if you can be honest about this the calling part of our role and realize that, oh gosh, I am supposed to do more than just sit here and twist knobs and push faders. I don't want to phone it in. I'm not necessarily going to go and be sort of leading the charge with my church's small group ministry because that's, you know, I've got other stuff and Sunday's coming and it's, so we wanted to create a place for guys in that boat to have community, to find accountability, to find belonging, to get care when we need to be cared for, and also to, to wrap that around ideas that we all share and love, like talking about gear and engaging in best practices and troubleshooting problems with each other. So these are um, small group cohorts that meet on a monthly basis online that are there just to kind of support each other and hopefully learn how we can get a lot better at um, that aspect of kind of the why behind the what of ministry and provide sort of a, a safe place to have honest conversations when we need to about some of the things that are really going on. So, you know, as much as Mix You Live events are designed to help people get better at what we do, you know, we also always want to help people get better at who they are. And right. so these, these coaching groups are a great way to kind of take that to the next sort of level in the funnel so that it's not just a group of 200 people in a room, but you can get sort of one-on-one with a group of 10 or 12 guys who are in this together. So you don't feel like a lone ranger. You feel like there's somebody out there fighting the same battle. You know, you're, you're there to pray for each other and to encourage each other and uh, help each other along the way. So we're really excited about that as kind of the next phase beyond the live events of one of the things we're offering. Yeah, one of the things I really love about that, just thinking about my own kids and, you know, I pray for who they're hanging out with and who their friends are so that they really have a healthy idea of what it means to be a human and, uh, you know, just that they have good influences and that sort of thing. And you see, uh, like I can see all of my three kids, you know, they start looking and acting and behaving like the group they're with, um, you know, good and bad. And I think for a tech person, it's so easy to feel like you're alone. You don't, you know, nobody understands you, you know, all that stuff that goes on. And the thing I love about Mix You and then Mix You Coaching is the chance to be around people that they understand what you're dealing with and see how they're responding to it and what they're doing about it and how they're spending their time. And so that, yeah, you have an opportunity to have that rub off. And so now suddenly I'm behaving that way. I'm thinking about, the relationship more uh, instead of just the gear. Yeah, I just, I love that that idea. Well, and you talked, you talked earlier about the tendencies some of us have to sort of sit in the dark and not be exposed to the light. I think, you know, being around a group of like-minded people is, part of it is we can see that tendency in somebody else and call each other out. It's like, well, I know that tendency is in me. And so you say one thing, but I know what you're really saying. I don't believe you. So I'm going to call you out on it because I used to make those same excuses or whatever it is, you know? So, you know, and I think, you know, aside from the mixing strategy, I think Lee and Andrew and I, as we've gotten closer in our relationship personally, we've been able to do that some for each other. You know, it, it, it just makes sense as, as your friendships get, you know, tighter and stronger, you have, a trust factor that says, you know what, Lee, I can't let you get away with that. <laughs> you know, and and that's that's what it's for. That's what right, right. that's why God designed community for us the way that He did, is so that we have each other to bear with one another and to help each other. You know, just sort of figure this out together. I think too many guys, especially in small to mid-sized churches, if they're the only tech with a couple of volunteers, they feel like a lone ranger, and they use that as sort of a an excuse for a lot of things or they wear it as a badge of honor and then it becomes a chip on their shoulder and then it becomes resentment. And then the church is looking for a new guy because they don't know what happened. It's like, man, we gotta, we gotta turn that upside down so that we can give these guys tools that they need to get better so that 
They can actually build a better team and build a more healthy team, have more than a couple of volunteers because there's more than three people who could stand to be in the same room with the guy. Right. You know, so <laughs> that's kind of what we're after, really. Yeah. Is, you know. Nice. So this podcast comes out on August 27th, I think. So in the future today, but in the past, when this comes out, uh, you'll have Mix You Boston will have happened. But coming yep. up uh, in the near future, you've got another couple things happening in Orlando. So you guys want to maybe share about some of that? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> oh, all at the same time, if so, you could, that would be. I tell you uh, what, yeah. Stone, why don't you tell them about the event and then I'll tell them about the WFX experiment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're, uh, we're excited. It's our first time going down to Orlando, which is, that's where the Infocom was that Jeff talked about at the very beginning. Okay. So yeah. for us, it's sort of cool to, okay, let's go back down there where we, uh, where our righteous anger began and, <laughs> and actually do a live event. So, so it's, it's just, it's a regular mix you live big event. It's a real life church Our you know, all those details are on our website, but, uh, we're excited because some of the things we've experienced and, and with Philo over the years too, is when we team up and, and put an event together that's in the same locale and, and time frame as another big conference. It seems like that uh, allows a lot more people to come and experience it um, since they're already traveling. You know, a lot of people travel to Infocom and a lot of people travel to WFX and, you know, Philo and all that kind of thing. Right. So this just makes sense. So we're, we're hit it on the Monday of that week and it'll be uh It'll be our, our full big thing. We always have a lot of surprises on these days, and we're trying to keep it. Uh, we work very hard to keep it fresh and real, and you know, for the public mocking to 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 be there and, and be prevalent. <laughs> writing new material on how to shame <laughs> daily, each other. daily. <laughs> right, that's it. So, but we're uh, so. But what's cool this time, and Lee can say a little bit about this too. Uh, we have teamed up with WFX for a different kind of an event the next day that we've uh, trying to turn an existing event upside down. We kind of hit that a little bit on how we're hitting that. Yeah, literally upside down. So traditionally they've done this event called like the church tech leader retreat or something like that the past, I don't know, eight years or so probably. Yeah. Been a while. Or maybe longer. And um, WFX um, merged or was bought by, I'm not sure, by LDI. So there's a lot of uh, new stuff happening with WFX. And they approached us um, earlier this year and said, hey, would you guys be interested in taking that day over and doing some type of an event? And we said, yes, as long as you're okay with us doing something different, not just doing things differently, but like literally different. Mm -hmm. So they have a time block in the morning until about, two o'clock or so. And then after that, um, you get on a bus and you go to our first Baptist Orlando or, you know, big churches in the area. So here's what we're going to do. And I can't believe they said, okay to this, but props to them. <laughs> we're going to do a, a similar thing. We're going to gather a bunch of technical people and you can sign up for it and there'll be a panel, but the panel's not going to look like anything you've ever seen at a technical leader gathering. It's on the panel will be probably one tech guy and then a senior pastor a CFO, an executive pastor, a creative, a worship pastor, and here's the one I'm most excited about, the wife of a megachurch tech awesome. director. Awesome, awesome. So we'll get to hear from all of them, and then we're also gonna give everyone in the room a chance to get one of those people at your table and ask them questions that you may not be um, privy to asking, have a safe environment to asking. You know, it's like if you could ask your CFO at your church anything, what would it be? No, no, really anything. Yeah. This is really that space to do that. And he, I think hearing from a senior pastor when his tech guy's not in the room and we get to ask him a question like, what do you wish your tech guy knew was true about you? Hmm. Same thing for the megachurch wife. It's what do you wish that all these men and women in the room knew about the spouse of someone who does what your spouse does, things like that. So we're just hoping for really honest, great conversation, but then also really practical, tactical things like being able to get with an executive pastor and him, hey, tell us exactly how a tech director should 
present new ideas and challenges and things like that for ministry. I think that's, we've never seen that before, but we feel like it's needed. Yeah. The thing I really love about it is that as a tech person, it's real easy to feel misunderstood and nobody gets what I do and alone and they're making all these horrible decisions and they just, no one's asking me. And you really are not thinking about the fact that everybody's got those same issues in their area and the challenges that they're worried about and thinking about and things that matter more than upgrading the wireless mic package or, you know, whatever the thing that you're most concerned about. And so I just love that idea of just saying, hearing from a senior pastor, this is, this is really what I need from, from somebody in your position or from the financial person to say, uh, you know, it's not all about uh, the things that you need. Uh, there are other things going on. Yeah, I just, I love that opportunity to expand a tech person's mind beyond their their very small area, really. And, and we've all been a part of, uh, all of us have been a part of those tech leaders retreats for years, and they're great. The ministry that happens there were great. There was not anything wrong with that kind of an event. However, as you keep going on, it's like that model needs to change a little bit. Yeah. And I think we're we're getting past the the point of talking about the exact same topics every right. single time. So getting an entirely different kind of panel experience in the room, I think we're all going to be blown away about some of the stuff that comes up. Yeah. Uh that's not the normal uh let's make sure we're we have communication between the booth and the stage. I, I think right. we can yeah, yeah. go beyond that to a completely different level. Uh, so different we're excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. We really so are excited question, about Todd, it. Is, um, is your wife available November 13th? <laughs> she probably is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, she's not. Uh, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure she could have some stories to share. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She would, uh, she does have some stories to share. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, are you guys going to record it by any chance? No, you have to be there in person, oh, and we'll never talk about it again. <laughs> right, so. yeah. There's like a non-disclosure agreement. Everybody yeah, has to sign. It's a at the secret beginning. society. You got to be a code of silence. Yeah, it was the only way for people to really be honest about their answers to the questions was to ensure anonymity and silence. After oh man. The fact. Yeah. Yeah. Once, you know, she would love to do it uh, if you need her. So maybe I should ask her. I'll idea. text her now. That's yeah. actually a really good thought. <laughs> I was figuring this it was going to be one of your wives. So. This could really work out great for you, Todd, or could really be terrible for you. So <laughs> just be careful what you agree to for her. Yeah. Oh man. So, so those, cool. Those both those events. Uh, you can just go to our website, and there's links to get you to the right place. Um, uh, mxu.rocks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, and for the WFX one, there's a link that takes you right to their uh, to the registration page. So. Yeah, it's worth checking out. Very cool. But if you're going to be at WFX anyway, there's no reason not to come a day totally. or two early and yeah. experience the whole shebang because it really right. is. I mean, I, I'm I'm excited that it's going to be a really great week with tons of helpful stuff. So, yeah, very cool. Now you guys are doing something else uh, that just came out uh, uh, over the weekend over this past weekend, which. Now will be yeah. a few weekends in the past uh, when people actually hear this, but uh, yeah, it sounds really cool. So why don't you guys, one of you, uh, talk about that? Yeah. So with the live events, you know, those were really created for us to learn from each other. And sometimes we'll get a question in a live event, and somebody will pop their hand up, and they're a volunteer, but they weld mufflers Monday through Friday, and they say, "What's a noise gate?" And our answer is quite frank. Um, we don't really have time to go into that. So sorry, you know, it, it's probably right. not that rude, but, or maybe it is. Um, but that's generally what happens because those days are for us to learn from each other. Well, that stuff kind of kept coming up. And right. then as the whole thing's kind of grown, it's like, well, what's next? What makes the most sense? And it was this idea of really fundamental training uh-huh. from beginner to expert online, right? So that's just kind of like everyone can't come to a MixU event. We only can do four or five of these a year. It's pretty limited. So how do we get this out to as many people as possible? So we've um, been working really hard the last six months or so on something we're calling MixU Now. And it's an online on-demand video training for uh, churches. And it's you sign up 
as a campus and all of your volunteers get access to it. And it'll launch on August 31st with 75 training videos, each one from around five minutes to 10 minutes on things like EQ, microphone, microphone patterns, uh, loops. And then we get some advanced stuff too, multiband compression, parallel compression, advanced ways to set up a console, simple ways to set up a console. So it's it really, really runs the gamut top to bottom um, from someone who knows nothing about audio. We're just talking about gain, like the definition of gain and what that even means, all the way to something like double miking instruments and parallel compression and things like that. We're pretty excited about it. That is so cool. We're talking about how important relationships are and you know working on relationships between the booth and the stage and all that. But being relational doesn't matter at all if you don't know how to do what you're, you know, doing. Right. If you, if you suck at it, I mean, it doesn't matter how good buddies you are with the worship leader. Uh, and so just the, the idea that, you know, to have something that's available for people to access, to learn about all those things, to even say to your volunteers, hey, go check this out and then we'll work on that next week or whatever. Right. Yeah, so great. Well, hey, we're trying to price it to where it's accessible to every size church. So each campus is $60 a month and you get your entire team on yeah, that. It's, amazing. it's unlimited and it's on mobile, it's on desktop, everything. So we just wanted something that a church plant could afford. And then also a church with six or seven sites could also afford and justify to. Sure. Because here's the deal. It doesn't matter. Some of the largest churches in America... Um, are so busy doing what they do that they literally don't have time to get down to the base level and go, let me, j- instead of explaining what a noise gate is, let me just reach over and do it for you. Well, right. Yeah. Okay, fine. You kept the service going, but you didn't, you didn't grow that person at all. And we all do that all the time. You know what? I don't have time to fix this for you. Let's just move on. We tried to use that approach with all of this to say, in your downtime, in your, you know, late at night on a weeknight when, when you're just hanging by yourself, you could go through some of these short videos and actually come away with some real knowledge base uh, that can make you better or just inc- improve your understanding of all these thousands and thousands of knobs and buttons and, you know, meters that a lot of us went years before we actually knew what they were. I mean, I'm still trying to figure out what a noise gate is, you know, and <laughs> I can't wait to watch our video to, to learn how, what it does. Uh, it's true. It's true. So the ideal situation, the, the way we sort of have envisioned it is there's a guy sitting at a console with his iPad, watching one of these videos and press pause. And he goes to his console with his virtual sound check tracks running and goes, okay, let me take what I just saw and figure out how to apply it to my show file. And, oh, that's really cool. Okay, what's next? And hit play and see the next video or rewind. And so it's on demand and all access all the time and, you know, really to help people get better. I, I just, I'm so excited about it. Yeah. So cool. I'm amazed. I know that all three of you have regular jobs and this is like an extra thing. Uh, yeah. it, in a, you know, I, I live the same kind of life and I'm just like, when are they finding time to do all this amazing stuff? Even to think about doing that. We're all you know, so tired. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, I feel I mean, to, really, really old right now. <laughs> yeah. To, to conceive of the idea, you know, and figure out how it could actually be done and then to actually make all these videos. Yeah. I'm like, thank you guys for spending all that the brain power and the actual like setting cameras up and you know making uh, it's them all money. great. It, we're spending our own money, Todd. That's exactly yeah. yes. what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> we're I also understand money. this very well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like one of the things maybe this was in 2016, the first time we did mix you and Philo together. Uh, you know, one you know day you know one day following another. I remember that particular week there was also a couple other events happening in different parts of the country for tech people. And I remember somebody said, does that make you nervous? Like the competition that's out there, you know, for this audience. And I just, my knee jerk reaction was, you know, 15 years ago when I wish something like this was going on, there was zero happening. And the fact that there are so many ways for people to 
become better tech people, become better Christ followers, something that's targeted to our tribe. I'm just like, Psh, man, Yeah, there can't be enough uh, of these going on uh, totally. because I know that, you know, not everybody will hear about Philo. Not everybody will hear about Mix You, but just the fact that we're all kind of doing similar things uh, for this tribe. I just, I love, I love that we're all doing it. And I feel like, I mean, with you guys, I feel like we're doing it together in two different, yeah. two different venues. Totally. For well, sure. when we, when we would describe the, the Philo experience to people, um, we, we said a lot this past, the past couple of years, like this is really the only event we suggest you go to. Because it's, it is a full on conference from the goodie bag you get when you walk in the door to praise and worship, to communion, to prayer, to practical breakouts that's designed for the dudes and dudettes wearing black. Now, how, how often does that happen? And so when you find those unique events like that, and we, we think we offer a really unique event and some unique offerings and things like that. And there's other one. There's a few other ones, you know, around the country that do that. It's we'd be remiss if we don't make sure people are aware of it, because listen, everybody likes to be Eeyore and sit <laughs> yeah. in the back and go. Well, nobody ever has, does anything for us. We always have to work every event, so we're not bull. Yeah, we're providing stuff that you can actually go to and is for you, and you don't have to work it. And, and yeah, Philo's Philo's the only one that I would actually pay money to register for. That's true. I don't even know if I'd pay to go Thank to you. Mix You. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? The one thing that feels real similar, like even for you guys to say, what if we just got in a room and we talked to each other and learned from each other and then oh, let's invite some people. For me, Philo is like, this is this is what I need. Uh yeah. and it, yeah. yeah, if it can benefit other people, then yeah, bonus. But that's great. Um, yeah. I'm, yeah, just not trying to do something that feels like it would be cool or amazing, but hey, this is I could really use some community and some a chance to not be, you know, running sound or lights or whatever I might be doing, uh, but just to be in the moment. Uh yeah, I know I need yeah. it. So That's cool. Yeah. Well, hey, uh thank you guys for taking some time out on a Monday morning. Hopefully, uh I don't know who's going to go back to sleep, but uh or just get back to doing mixed use stuff on your day off. Uh, That's pretty much it right there. <laughs> <That's> it. <laughs> but yeah, thanks for making time. I love hanging out with you guys. We, uh, I, yeah, we got to figure out some time to do it actually in person when we're when none of us are actually doing a giant event uh, and have no actual awesome. time. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's here's one for you. I'll put some pressure on you since we're still on the air. Okay. When are we going to do a Philo slash mix you event in another country? Mm, uh, we should talk Boom. about that when I hit uh, not when I turned the recording off. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm, All right. I'm definitely up for the conversation. Deal. Yeah. Deal. <laughs> I love it. Yes. There's so many countries. Let's go. That's right. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So again, thank you guys for joining us and uh, everyone until next time. See you later. Man, I love these guys, and I'm so proud of the work they're doing to help build the local church through building up the technical artists. Thank you guys so much. By the time you hear this, they've had just finished the Mix You in Boston. It was an amazing day, and they're getting ready for another one in Orlando right before the WFX conference. Uh, if you're planning to go to the Mix You live event, why don't you stick around for another day uh, and go to the WFX event? With MixU, I think it's going to be real interesting. They're changing the format of that day before the WFX conference. Uh, I would suggest you check it out. And if you're going to WFX, yeah, why not come a day early and go to the MixU live event? Uh, whatever you decide to do, I would suggest that you go to mxu.rocks, check out the info, go from there. Anyway, I would also suggest that you check out their podcast, the MixU podcast, because that's pretty good stuff too. I think uh, it was a couple episodes ago, but you can find the breakout that all three of them taught at Philo 2018. They talk about how to not waste your church's money. So check out their podcast for that. Also, they taught a few breakouts at Philo 2017, Jeff, Andrew, Lee. They taught a couple breakouts together, a few breakouts separately. 
you can go to our web page uh, and check out the resource page at www.firstinlastout.us. All right. So, hey, if you love this podcast, don't forget to give us good reviews on iTunes. Also, follow us on social media at Philo Community on Instagram and Facebook and at Philo Conference on Twitter. And you know what? We would love to get better. We want to make sure that these podcasts are something that are beneficial to you and that we're talking about topics that matter to you. So email us your feedback and any ideas you have for future podcast topics at philopodcast at fusion.productions. Until next time, see ya.